The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, a podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is Sharp Mind and Strong Body. I'm sure you're like millions, gazillion people worried about getting dementia. Do you know National Football League, they're all dealing with the helmets. All those hockey players, soccer players, worried about the concussions leading to dementia, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE. Then, of course, there are studies that have been done with women, especially women, but I'm sure there are men, Women who have suffered spousal abuse, who have concussions, and then suffer the brain injury from that. And then, of course, there is the literature of people with chronic PTSD and how it influences the size of one's hippocampus. Many of us go to naturopaths chiropractors, physicians, and so on. And we have learned over the years to complain about Western doctors and prescribing too many medications. You get one for cholesterol, you get one for the blood pressure, you get one for the diabetes, or in my family, the sp- you know that one spilling sugar. That's what they used to call it. They got the blood pressure. They got the um, the blood sugar. You know, you have the one for the rhythm and the heart. You have the one for the menopause. You got those hormones and so on and so on and so on. But now when you talk to someone, there's a supplement of the month club. It appears that polypharmacy the number of medicines we used to take, we used to complain that Western doctors gave us too many medicines. But now when you want to create health, you wake up in the morning and you, instead of opening up a bowl of cornflakes, you pour yourself a bowl of supplements. I have people call me who say I have brain fog 
I'm not happy. I'm working with a bunch of people. I take bowls of supplements. I'm still not happy. A bowl of supplements is not going to make you happy. And it's not necessarily going to make you a sharp mind. The other day, I turned on the news and I saw that they had the two, two brain cells in a dish. It's my favorite. And apparently, they wave to them and they can get them to swim in two opposite directions. Or, you know, something stupid like that. Like they're kind of trying to create intelligence in a dish. When we're, tr we still haven't effectively learned how to corral behavior in a kindergarten or middle school. Taught people how to keep their hands to themselves. I don't know why teaching individual brain cells would help that. Unless, of course, they're using it for transplants, which I can completely understand. However, let's look at sharp mind, strong body. At least look at what we have in our head now and how we can be the sharpest tool in the sh our own shed and the strongest body in our own barn. We can't change our genes, genetics, but we can change the things that turn our genes on and off. So if there are people in your family who tend to get hypertension, which can increase your chance toward losing your memory, there are people in your family who have problems with blood sugar that can affect your mind and your memory, those genes, you can affect what turns them on or off. Specifically, there are some genetics and depression, but there's also some things you can turn those genes on and off. And so I just filed a paper on genetics of multiple illnesses and how we can modify their effects on us. Well, I'm a perfect example of that. I don't know if I'm every woman, but I've had every woman's health problem. <laughs> so you add them all up and I get to have experience on how to try to fix them. When you have adversity, trauma, tragedy, it releases cortisol. And that's like walking on orange juice that's been spilled in the kitchen. It's sticky. You can't walk fast in the kitchen and it makes you want to cry. <laughs> you ever done that? Some idiots walked in the kitchen, spilled orange juice. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> with bare feet. Can someone please clean this up? Not only can you, you move slow, you get irritable, you can't think straight. And that's what trauma does. The cortisol goes up, stress hormone. It actually makes your pancreas spill blood sugar. And the cortisol messes up your hippocampus, you can't focus, you can't pay attention, and your amygdala is dominant, so you get irritable, angry, and anxious. Makes your joints ache, makes you move slow, so you do have body and brain fog. So let's just say somebody smart says, oh, you need to take B6, B12. You know, those are factors that help you make 
neurotransmitters that will help you with serotonin. Yes, however, they're water-soluble. And if you have someone in your life who keeps spilling orange juice in your life, meaning that's, that's, that's an environmental irritant, you're going to continue to spill cortisol, have blood sugar, irritate your brain. So does that mean you get rid of every irritating person in your life? Good luck with that. You're going to get rid of every cop who pulls you over? I'm sorry, you can't pull me over today. You don't understand. I have a blood sugar problem. You are a source of irritation. I can't handle you today. There was a woman named Zsa Zsa Gabor. I'll never forget this. Some cop pulls her over and she slaps him. She slaps the cop because apparently it was an inconvenient thing for her to get pulled over that particular day. So somehow we have to stress proof our brain and body, which would be, of course, sharpening your brain and mind. The other thing is about change. Change releases epinephrine, which is stressful. And if you're anxious and you're intuitive, change is difficult for you because you like things to stay the same. That's why people think retirement. I want to work hard. I want to save money so I can move to one of those places where someone can get a mint julep like Bruce Hill just got. Someone serves you a beverage poolside. You walk across the road to the sunset. And life is just this rhythmic, you know, I don't know, what should I do this morning? What do you What do you think you should do this morning? I think we'll play a round of golf or I'll crochet or I'll play, what is it now? Pick it, pickleball? That's the new thing now, pickleball. I think that's hilarious. Who named it pickleball? You know, I could think of some good, funny stories about that, but I'll leave it alone because I'm not going to get into it. But suffice it to say, pickleball, like balls look like pickles. Nonetheless, the lack of novelty, unless you intentionally learn new things all the time and you have some irritation and aggravation, Retirement is not good for you. They've done studies that if you quit your job, retire, especially from that, it increases your chance of a life-threatening illness between three to five years. So imagine people save, work their entire life, save all this money so they can stop working and get cancer, dementia, or have a stroke within three to five years. This is ridiculous. So don't do that. You want to have a sharp mind and strong body. Why? You do that so you can keep working. So does that mean keep working forever? No. What it means is to some degree, there's a certain amount of annoyance that's important. Let me give you an example. So when you have stress, there's two types of stress that happens in our life. There's inescapable and escapable. If you're put in a situation where you keep thinking, I'm going to find a way out of this mess. I will find a way out of this mess. I am going to find it. It will not win. 
you are less likely to have a serious, unrelenting, incurable illness, or at least be upset about it, depressed about it. But if you have inescapable stress, you think there's no way you can, you're powerless and you give in. I'm not saying you don't have a dialectic about it. I know this is awful. However, I am going to keep going. You are likely to do better. So, I don't care if you've had multiple concussions. I do care. You've had multiple divorces. You have multiple cancers. You can buffer yourself from its effects on your brain and your body. There are many people who have multiple pieces of amyloid in their brain. A lot of amyloid that's associated with dementia, that don't have dementia. And there are many people who have dementia that have the same amyloid as somebody who doesn't have dementia. So the question is, what is the difference? It's learning novel strategies around it. Since birth, we are given programmed cell death. It's like we are programmed to lose things. Like you think, I'm losing it. At midlife, you think, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. You are. We go around a circle. We go around a circle. We go around a circle. And all of a sudden, we have to stop because we've lost something. That road is out of commission. So we have to take a detour. The detour that we're forced to take a shortcut is because we've lost something. We're forced to take a shortcut because we've lost a marriage, a job, a source of money. We have to take a shortcut. We learn how to do shortcuts, averages. to survive, to keep going. We learn how to create those shortcuts through tragedy, through connection to the divine and intuition. Because the only way to keep going. Otherwise, you're like, this, I don't know what to do. And in, in, in calculation, in mathematics, you used to have to do all the maths out. But you do add it, add it. Two plus two plus two plus two. And then they taught you cubes. Then they used to do geometry, geometry, geometry. And then they taught you trigonometry because it's a shortcut. Otherwise, you'd be sitting there calculating like Jethro Bodine in that Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> He'd be going not, 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 not. And it's long division. It takes forever. Trigonometry is a shortcut. To go around a circle, a shortcut is a tangent. You draw a line across it. So that's what your brain learns to do through adversity. If you don't learn how to take shortcuts, change as you go older, you will dement. If you don't like the change. So you could have a pristine diet, 
You could have intermittent fasting. You could take all the vitamin E. You could take all the acetyl L-carnitine, hyperbaric oxygen, exercise like a fiend every day, and you can do terrible. I can give you every suggestion. I'm going to do some mini readings in a second. But let me give you an example. In 2012, I died in the OR in the first 10 minutes, and I had to be resuscitated. I've never read really well. That's because my intelligence is in the right hemisphere. It's area for intuition. I'm not really happy with it. I got through high school not doing any of the reading. I just asked people what was in the reading. I couldn't even read the cliff notes. That's how embarrassing it is. However, I did what I could to get an A minus and get the hell out of there. And I went to Brown thinking I could just avoid doing a lot of the reading and writing papers. So I would go to the bookstore and find out what you had to read and write to take the class. And if you had to read any books or write any papers, I would avoid the class. Now imagine thinking I had to go to college. I could go to college, get a degree without reading and writing. However, that does not help you buffer you for dementia. Reading challenging one's brain is very helpful for buffering you and keeping a sharp mind. Then, of course, I proceeded, I have epilepsy, proceeded to get run over by a truck, head injury, car, head injury, and then the trauma about it, head injury. Suffice it to say, then the OR stint, things were getting a little slow. Now, how many people here, raise your paw, have trouble remembering names? I can never remember names. And when I was a resident, they accused me of not liking my patients because I wouldn't remember their name. I say, ask me a question about them. All right, Mary. Mary's 48. She lives in a, um, <laughs> she lives in a trailer. She has a husband. Name, um, I don't know his name, but this is what he does. This is what he, blah, 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 blah. Really? You know all that stuff? Yes. Her hematocrit is a, a, uh, 42. It used to be 35. We And blah, 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 blah. Really? You know all that. Right. But her name? Not so much. Bilateral inferior temporal lobe, gone. It was on the pavement on the Hawthorne Bridge in 1984. That doesn't matter. The point of the matter is names are very sensitive for remembering. For all of us, for me, gone since 1984. The other thing is the more tragedy you have, the more crisis you have, the more that cortisol affects white matter pathway. So things get slow. It's like traffic gets slow on the rotary. So hopefully that's not the pornographer that called two weeks ago, two, uh, two weeks ago. Then of course, we'll be seeing beautiful pictures in a few seconds and then everybody will be running away for the hills and I'll get an infected left eye again, with which I'm still on steroids, but we'll not go into that. Suffice it to say, so what ends up happening is it causes a lot of rug burns in your brain and your mind does not get sharp. But you need to know when your mind doesn't get sharp, neither does your body. You get achy. Your brain gets slow, slow does your body. That's that aches and pains. and When you feel slow in your brain, you're like, now what is their name? You get slow in your body. It's the same. So, you know, there's the fall and then there was the last October. I won't bore you with the festivities. 
Suffice it to say, I wasn't quite the brightest bulb on the chandelier. I had improved my reading from sixth grade. Yeah, I know, sixth grade to ninth grade. I really did using this program. But then I started crying a lot, getting slower more. So there's this program that you can use with aging. It's no, it's not luminosity. I can't do luminosity. It's too hard for me. <laughs> but I can build an entire estate with Legos. It doesn't matter. It's in the other hemisphere. You've got to, that's sharp mind, sharp body. You have to keep doing things that are difficult for you. You have to challenge. It is so difficult. If you say, but I don't like that, that's too bad. Do you want to dement? <laughs> that would be fun. Would you like to be somewhere where they put you and you're like, you want me to tell you? I used to eat canned soup every day twice. Did I tell you I, I used to eat canned soup twice? Hi, did I tell you I used to eat canned soup twice? I'm not making fun of it. If you want to be that way, it's either that or do something that you want to scream and hit a computer about. So this program is called Fast Forward. That's actually, I found out after taking it for four years, it's not called Fast Forward. It's called Fast Forward. I've been mispronouncing it for four years, but that's okay. Spoken like a true dyslexic and speech impediment. She goes, it's fast forward. Really? I thought it was a play on words, fast forward. <laughs> but suffice it to say, so after crying a year and being slow, after doing this every day for a week, a week, for, for the last four years, I've only done it once a day. Every day for a week. I told the woman, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't do this every day. I'm too exhausted. You're tired, right? You can't think your way out of a paper bag. I get it. I get it. You keep doing that. You're going to be, did I tell you I used to have soup? I used to drink soup. I used to have tomato soup every day. <laughs> did I tell you I used to have soup? You're going to do it. I'm telling you right now. Because you'll catch yourself first doing it. And you'll say to yourself, I told you about the tomato soup, didn't I? At first, you will catch yourself, and then you won't even catch yourself, and then you won't care. So I called this person on, on the web, and she says, we want you to do it every day. I said, I didn't used to do it. That I did it once a week, and I was exhausted. I want you to know I can't do it once a week. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Sharp mind and strong body, rule number one. Don't say I won't. Thought I was going to say, take a secret quarantine, 500 milligrams, two times, three times a day. I do that. I was still crying and slow and couldn't remember people's names. Walk every day. I do that. <laughs> I was still crying, couldn't remember people's names. Intermittent fast. Eat very little. Keep yourself normal weight, if not five pounds more as you get older. I did that. I was still crying, couldn't remember things. It bothered me the woman said nothing when I said, I'm telling you, I can't do the homework. I'm telling you, I'm tired. I'll fall asleep. She said nothing. That annoyed me. Rule number two, sharp mind, strong body. Have a competitive attitude. When someone looks at you with that 
attitude of pity slash possible self-loathing and feeling, oh, that poor thing, she's already limited, he or she's already limited. Get annoyed and say, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll do your damn homework every day. Monday, I did it. Tuesday, I did it. Wednesday, I did it. Thursday, I fell asleep doing it. I didn't care. I did it anyway. And then guess what happened? I got rid of sundowning. Friday, I stood in line. Stood in line. Now, I want to repeat. I stood in line at the pharmacy. If you have pain in your body, strong body, you have a weak body. If you have a back problem, joint pain, fatigue, aches, pains, whatever, and you have fatigue, I understand it. You understand I have to find a carriage to lean on it. I have to find something to lean on. In fact, you know those little ropes they have in Disney World, any rope. I lean on it to the point where I'll knock it over. Because I have to lean on something. It's real, it's stupid because I can't stand. It doesn't matter. I stood in line and I looked around and I went, I'm standing in line to the point where it was fun not to suffer. Next thing I know, the line has moved up and I went, wow, that went in no time. Then I pushed caution to the wind. I decided I was going to go shopping for food when that wouldn't have happened. That would have exhausted me. I would have gone home, laid flat and fall fast asleep. Nope. I went shopping for food. And then we hit Walmart. <laughs> I was home by 630 and I went, oh, my God, something's happening. I did it the next day, the next day, the next day. And then I talked to a friend at home who has memory problems, has joint problems, and has, wait for it, long COVID. It's the same thing. It's an inflammatory problem with cytokines. Hello, cytokines. It's an inflammatory cascade. Whether you have rheumatoid arthritis, chronic fatigue, PTSD, it is the same thing or in Portuguese, a mechoiza. It's a If we're talking about dementia, dementia, is really heart disease in the brain. It's an inflam it's inflammation in the small vessels. In fact, they don't even know what's more or less in the brain, small vessel disease or Alzheimer's disease. They're, they coexist in the brain. If anybody tells you it's one is without the other, they've lost their marbles. In fact, losing your marbles is like dementia, but we're not going to get into that. Pejorative. My point is they used to say hardening of the arteries or senile. Senile means hard. That's what they meant by that. Suffice it to say, beta amyloid, do you know that arteries, small arteries have amyloid in them? Did you know that? And beta amyloid is in the brain. Son of a gun. When I heard that in the lecture, I was listening to this at Harvard, when he said, and we find amyloid in the arteries, I went, son of a gun. <laughs> Nobody else looked up. Does anybody think that's a revelation? that we can have hardening in our brain senility, but we can have the same thing in our arteries. I called a cardiovascular surgeon about that. And you know what he said? He said, we're not interested in that. I went, are you kidding? Don't you think it's interesting that there are people over here that are studying amyloid in the brain, looking for antibodies against it in the vaccine, but we have somebody over here 
My point is this. Strong mind, strong body. What's, what's this exercise? Fast forward, fast forward. Like, I want me to tell you what it's like. They put you in this room. They flash these words at you. And you have to press every time you see this. It's, it, it creates, I know how it works because I know how the brain works. I, I mean, I've studied it. It You have to press the button and they have this guy on a treadmill and he's got this annoying fly over him. And there are all these distractions. And it's like real life. And every time they put this letter down, you have to press it. But there's an annoying fly over there. It recreates life. It's annoying. And you want to retire without those flies and the annoyance. It's like work. Your boss is the fly. That's what it does. It speeds up processing in your brain. It changes tones. It works with the thalamus. It's unbelievable. If it can work for me, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. That's a line from the old hee-haw song. It can work for you. The only difference for me is either I'm too stupid to give up (laughs) or it's a deficit in perseveration, which is a frontal lobe deficit. All I can say is that's one thing. I have two other things before I take recalls. Let's talk nuance. To learn how to do this Zoom call, because as you know, two weeks ago, we had the pornographer who had, you know, the Ku Klux Klan combined with um, an eye view of someone's um, internal gastrointestinal tract. I mean, all that was combined to an unbelievable rendition, the likes of which I don't want anybody to get to. All I know is the police woman left my house. She looked like she had to go and get EMDR. Suffice it to say, for me to learn how to do this, I learned it wasn't like I could just get somebody to do it. No, I had to learn how to do it me. Now, a lot of people call me and go, oh, I don't learn technology. Too bad. (laughs) Remember, I said you have to get aggravated. You have to learn to do it. If you want a ticket to the ball, you have to learn to do it, whether you like it or not. If you want to be a member of the herd, like that movie on Disney, I'm going to remember the name in a second. Lion King, that's it. See how quick? Used to be it was about 20 minutes. Now it's a second. The lady I want to refer it to is an older woman who has long COVID. I was on the phone with her and I said, you know, I just called Jay. And I went, oh my God, I remember his name. It used to be, I would go, I, I, I just called, um, you know, the guy who lives, he looks like, uh, you know, and I would have circumlocution. I couldn't remember his name. I said, I just called Jay. Oh my God, I remembered his name. Do you know what it's like not to remember someone's name? For years and years and years. And everybody in this Zoom cast is going like this. Fast forward. But your posture, you are not going to change because that's your unique genius. I can't read. I can read better. But it's because that's how my unique intuition. So I put $199 down so I can actually talk to someone on the phone if I have a problem with Zoom and someone who wants to show me his rear end again and show everybody else during one of these Zoom calls. I can call someone and I can say, hey, listen, 
he's back. <laughs> and she can commensurate and blah, blah, blah. Commensurate. See, self-correcting, frontal executive function. Suffice it to say, the first conversation, she annoyed me. She put down the gauntlet. She, I said, I studied everything about how to do a secure Zoom thing, and it didn't work. That was last week. I said, it's like having sex with someone with five condoms and not being able to get pregnant and have a baby. She went, ma'am? I said, that's right. I said, doing a secure Zoom conference was last week. It was humiliating. I said, it's like wearing five condoms. That's your security measure. Having sex and not being able to get pregnant. I couldn't hear anybody. They couldn't talk. I said, all the functionality was lost. So much for Zoom. I said, can I talk to someone? No, you can't. Unless, of course, you have a business license. I said, how do I get one? $199. I said, $199? It is. As if to say, <laughs> just you wait. And she said, you have to listen to all these tapes. I said, fine. So over the weekends, I learned them. Do you know how hard learning is for me? That's shot mind, strong body. That's what you have to do to be smart. I'm not smart. I am persistent. This is what I did. So when I look at a computer, you know how you have to go to the next screen, you press something, and then they say, oh, you know, the pull-down menu. Once you pull down the menu, I can't remember what was the last one. We're done. I can't keep track of that. So I drew screens and pull-down menus. That's what I did. And I memorized them. Yes, I did. I drew each pull-down screen. So then when I talked to her on the phone, she couldn't say, oh, that's user error. I didn't want her to say user error again. And guess what happened? I created this show. Do we see a pornographer here? I don't see one. Nope. I'm not seeing anybody's rear end. I learned. <laughs> Lovely. And I was able to send out an invitation. It was secure. People came in and it was all very lovely hinky-dory. Second thing was, I learned something. It was very difficult. Every time she said, watch a video, they're only two minutes long. Two minutes for me is 45. Didn't matter. Necessity is the mother of invention. It's too expensive to do that. Guess what? Brain cells are expensive. How'd you like to have residential treatment? Do you know how expensive dementia treatment is? You know what a nursing home is? It's cheaper fast forward, fast forward, self-correction, and that than a nursing home is a month later on. I guarantee you, you'll find an excuse for everything. It's too expensive, especially if you have to do something about it. The second thing is I was listening. The... As you get older, you may lose things. Your keys, it's okay, but you gain something. You know what you gain? Things are slower and you hear nuance. If you have a ricochet rabbit, quick mind like a child, you miss nuance. Let me tell you what nuance is. Many people listen to Judge Judy and they just hear an angry pain in the ass. I get it. She sounds mean. 
And everybody who listens to Dr. Laura sees here's an angry pain in the ass. I get it. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Unless, of course, you listen with a educated ear. You don't have to like it. You have to consider it. It's different. One is an emotional opinion. The other is an educated considering. Sharp mind. Non-reactive body. A non-reactive body is less likely to react immunologically to viruses and everything else. Allergies. Judge Judy. Before that, I was reading Torah. I can't figure out if it's Akiva or Rashi. I was reading it and I heard the, the saying said, you have two ears and one mouth. So you should listen twice as much as you speak. I thought, isn't that cool? Rashi, this guy who lives thousands of years ago, can explain something in plain English. Isn't this brilliant? I wish this guy was my teacher. However, I thought, what an idiot you are. What a narcissistic injury. injury. Narcissistic idiot you are, because if you live back then, you're a woman. He wouldn't teach you. He wouldn't even give you a second look. So smarten up, quit being delusional, and just read the damn thing. So then I turned judge on Judge Judy. Close the book, turn on Judge Judy. Incidentally, judge, Judge's legal system is based on Bhava Kama, which is a book of Talmud. She's yelling, yelling at these two women who are giving this guy money and he doesn't work. She goes, shut up, shut up, shut up. And she sounds mean. Shut up means I love you in Yiddish. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Listen to me, she says. And she's trying to tell them not to give this guy money. She says, you have two ears and one mouth. I swear to you, this is true. That means you're supposed to listen twice as much as you think, as you speak. If you listen very closely, nuanced to Judge Judy, you will hear that she's teaching the people Talmud. But you have to listen very closely and you have to have an educated, wait for it, ear, brain, sixth center. And last but not least, Dr. Laura. But this never goes away. So yesterday I was driving. The pornographer is the gift that keeps giving. So after that Zoom call, and after showing the tape to the police officer and watching the expression on her face and feeling guilty, I felt guilty, not him, I felt guilty. And in a day I got an infected eye. And then after several days, I just said the hell with this because I couldn't see anything. And I got rid of the steroids and I got rid of the glasses and I put my contact lenses on. But on the way home from the ophthalmologist, I came home and I was in such agony. When I drove my car in the garage, I forgot to turn it off and the battery went dead. And then the tailgate broke, the latch broke and the whole thing went to hell in the handbasket. 
suffice it to say, it was a mess. So on the way home yesterday, getting the tailgate fixed because it broke because of the eye infection, because of the ophthalmologist, it's a whole link of catastrophe. I'm listening to Dr. Laura and this guy and this, this man and this woman, husband and wife calling, and she's apparently dragged him on the phone. So I hear the woman say, okay, Norman, talk. Not his real name. He says, um, I divorced my wife three years ago and I suffer from the, um, depression and anxiety still. Dr. Laura says, and, and, and she's sharp with him. And I'm thinking as I'm driving, why is she being so mean? Right? And he said, well, I live with my wife. I didn't have a chance to hunt or fish or do this. She said, but now you've been away from her for three years. You're still anxious and depressed. You have all the time to hunt and fish. Uh, uh, uh. So tell me, why are you still anxious and depressed? I, um, so she keeps drilling into him and I'm saying to myself, why is she being so mean to him? And she said, you're passive. Unless you're with somebody, you don't know how to make decisions for yourself. He says, when I live with my wife, I drive her all around and I do whatever she needs. She keeps harping on him. And she says, you know what you need to do? He says, what? He, she said, you don't seem to be doing well living by yourself. Go home. I said to myself, that's it? That's all we got? Is just tell him to go home? That's it. You're just going to tell him to go home. And I'm getting aggravated in the car as I'm driving my Porsche with the, the broken tailgate because of the pornographer who gave me a sick eye. And now I'm mad at her. And he said, should I get therapy? She said, that's good. You should get therapy to talk about your feelings. But you're not doing well alone. Are you? No. So they get, she gets off the phone. She says, can I speak to the wife? And the wife come back. And all of a sudden, Dr. Laura's voice, after I've lost my, I've lost it with Dr. Laura thinking, how could you be such a bitch? Her voice changed. And it was so sweet. And she said, you be kind to that man because he's going through an awful lot and he needs a lot of support. She modulated her voice with so much nuance. She must have realized if she didn't use a commanding voice to make him go home, his life may have been in danger. That's nuance. The first reaction is, why is he being so mad? She sent him to get help to go to a therapist, which is important. The first thing you do is send the person to get help. But the second thing she realized is he needed strong direction because he wasn't doing well without it. My point is, is your first reaction, you go by in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. But what you get when you get older, you get to see with nuance. And nuance is wisdom that you get from adversity. When you lose stuff in life, 
I'm Dr. Melissa, and we've been talking about sharp mind and strong body. You get that when you've gotten a little dull, you've gotten a little achy, but then you learn to get sharp again and strong again. Let's take some questions. When we have some time left, I'm here to do some readings. And I will put the phone back on the hook, 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. Anybody want some nuance? I will unmute everybody. I don't know how to do that. Oh, I forgot how to do that. We can un we can unmute oh, ourselves. You can unmute yourselves. Everybody unmute yourselves. I think the real high point of last week was when I muted myself. That that was when that was just everything got out of hand. So does anybody have a question? Did I just hear a baby? Sounded like it. Um, I have a question. Um, when you talk about long COVID and um, you know, uh, like clearly, I'm having trouble <laughs> finding my words. Um, when you talk about long COVID and um, the way it affects the brain, um, what's the way through it? Okay, first of all, I just filed this. Filing is great because it's like a prosthetic uh, network in your brain. The first thing that they noticed, um, do you know how people got better for like a month after being on a um, ventilator? That would take me much longer before. They were, they were on a ventilator, they get better, they go home and then they die. But then people would lose their sense of smell. The reason being is because the virus, in addition to going through some kind of obese people have this worst. Um, it's like the ACE inhibitor receptor, which has to do with blood pressure and stuff like that. But um, it goes through your nostrils, the mucous membranes there. And of course there are nerve cells that are one synapse away from the olfactory membrane a factory um, cranial nerve, which is a sense of smell to your brain. Suffice it to say, the olfactory nerve, cranial nerve one, is very important because it's right near the temporal poles and your um, orbital medial area. It has to do with memory and the limbic system, which has to do with initiation and motivation and also relatedness which is interesting because a whole pile of people as a result of COVID had become asocial. And I think that, that now that I've talked about that, said it out loud, I wonder whether or not that may be related to it. Suffice it to say people lost their sense of smell. Mm -hmm. They've had problems with initiation, motivation, which is difficult to decipher from fatigue. Mm -hmm. They, you, they have another word for it called abulia, which is like you sit there, you don't say much, you don't move much. Um, okay. But then, the, but those people that died a month after they got off the ventilator, they looked in their brain stems in the medulla and there are these cells. I had it in the paper and I can't remember it 
the names of them, but it's this peculiar area. It's a nuclei that's near cranial nerve 12 and 11 that has to do with the respiratory chain. So it's neurological. So the drive to breathe, but um, suffice it to say, this memory thing, memory is really near the limbic hole there, near um, where the cranial nerve for smell is. Mm -hmm. But beyond that nerve thing, they do serum testing of people for cytokines. Years ago, when people had chronic fatigue, they would test them for complement. Complement is a cascade of proteins in your serum that if you had activation of your immune system, it's like a domino chain. All you have to do is watch those programs where people get a bunch of dominoes and one goes after the other, that they get activated during an infection. And if you have a chronic infection, they stay activated. So imagine mm -hmm. all the dominoes falling one after the other. Just think, Pornographer, infected eye, <laughs> tailgate dies, okay? One after the other, after the other. Well, suffice it to say, many of those people had low complement three because they had chronic immune system activation against Epstein-Barr virus. And everybody thinks it's Epstein-Barr virus, EBV, 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 Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The point of the matter is why? If 98% of all people have Epstein-Barr, why are these people activated against it? Hmm. Well, I find it interesting, the same thing with COVID. Because why are a subsector of people get stuck? It's like getting stuck in Atlanta. When you're flying somewhere, you can't get out of Atlanta to get your next flight out. Hmm. They get stuck in this activation phase and they can't get home. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. Instead of having a low complement three level that gets consumed, you have chronic activated cytokines. A friend of mine, the same woman that I want her to have passed forward, um, she has all these elevated cytokine levels, but she also has other autoimmune problems. First, she gave birth to a child. I think it was a 12th or 13th, I'm exaggerating. But she blew out, and I don't mean a little adrenal fatigue. I mean, she hemorrhaged out her adrenal gland. She has no adrenal gland. She has to take cortisone. Oof. She has none. I mean, zippity-doo-dah, it left Cheyenne. And if she doesn't, she dies. So, um, and some other medical problems. So she's like a mystic in that way. Mystic people have, you know, like Mother Teresa. She's one of those people that will call me in the middle of the night and go, are you okay? And I'll go, no, I'm not okay. I got <laughs> zoom bombs. I have an infected eye and my bush doesn't have a tailgate. Why? <laughs> and she'll say, I've been possessed to call you. So she's a mystic and she's completely, you know, her health. And she's got, she, she'll call me and go, we have a whole new panel of cytokines I have. Poor thing. So um, until the, um, I think the phrase is until the deck chairs, the, the deck chairs settle in the Titanic, you know, you got to do something with your brain and body. 
I mean, until things settle down with me, you know what I mean? I find something to do because until it works its way out of your system, they're not, you can't wait for doctors to find out what they're going to do. Yeah. It took them 20 years to find an anticonvulsant for my seizures. Yeah. Who's I going to do? Play tiddlywinks in the middle of residential treatment? Drool yeah. with a helmet? No. I um, did a macrobiotic diet. I did um, ketogenic diet for a while. Each thing happened a little bit. Was I correct? No. I was I completely with the program? Not necessarily. <laughs> um, but you have to have hope. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking, oh, you were probably one in the Facebook Live. Somebody asked me why I did a radio show. There was a woman on my radio show at Unity called every week, called every radio show host. And every they just said, you know, you don't have to pick up that call because she calls everybody. But it was the last week on Unity Radio, and she was the only person on the board. So I picked her up and it was just her and me for the whole hour. And she said, I have no hope. And I just listened to her. And and she said, I go from doctor to doctor and they think I'm a quack. I'm hopeless. I said, I'm so sorry. It must be awful. They treat you that way. It's terrible. I'm sure, you know, we can all to some degree relate. I said, but it's not true, ma'am. You do have hope. And she said, why? I said, because you keep going. Mm. She said, excuse me. I said, why do you call me? I'm a doctor. We're not having a physician-patient relationship. You know, I don't know why I keep going. I didn't fast forward today. Do you know how badly I got? Every time you get every time you get it wrong, it goes, and you want you get homicidal. You want to kill it. <laughs> you want to throw the computer through the bay window, but you don't because you realize. So I, as I'm doing this machine that I'm supposed to be paying attention to, that's supposed to be helping my pay attention in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, now what happened yesterday that was so bad? Oh, I know my whole basement flooded and I ran out of every towel and I was using face cloths. So I ended up on my knees on the floor crying. And what that did was it fried my brain like COVID. Mm. And so today, basically, I have brazed cortex. So doing things like, so it's like, you know, pile of COVID. I mean, you know, doing things like DBT can help you use emotional regulation to do better um, taking emotions from your right brain to your left, getting them out of your mouth so they don't go down into your body and fester, fester, rot, rot. So last week, after I got off of this radio show, and I couldn't hear you people because you could, people couldn't talk to me. I got really upset. And I called somebody to help and they weren't available. And so I called somebody else and she said, why don't you talk to him? And she said, you're very angry. She said, why don't you wait a while? Because you're very angry. And I went, no, I got to talk to him now. And I knew why. Because if I didn't, it would get sick. So you have to learn DBT and figure out an effective way of getting the emotions. Is that a dog or a cat? 
to you? Uh, yeah, it's not. It's a joy. See, it's, it's impulsive. Got to up the riddle. And, no, I'm kidding. It's a little puppy there. That's another positive thing right there. That lowers COVID particles. That dog is very precious. There's a little chihuahua of some kind. My point is, keep the dog. Don't get rid of the dog. That's an, an environmental nutrient. I have three. Also, keep the dogs, plural, nutrients. And those are good. But also have people nutrients. Yeah. Do DBT that helps you with emotional regulation because it's clear that it fries your brain and then your body. It helps you have a sharp mind and body. If you have a strong problem like that that happens within 24 to 48 hours, it starts that daisy chain of cytokines okay. or complement. I learned that from a neuroendocrinologist. So you can talk to a primary care doctor. Sometimes taking a baby aspirin can stop that cascade. These are things you can do. Um, sometimes, um, as soon as that happens, um, doing something that you absolutely love and pulling yourself out of the situation. Um, but not avoid it completely. Yeah. But I noticed yeah. that I was better. I wasn't as despondent as I was. I didn't like cry on the floor forever. I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it really looked like... Um, Sally Fields. See how I came up with her name fast? Sally Fields in Steel Magnolias. When she goes, why? Why? <laughs> what I was doing on the floor. So this water, because it was the second time I stepped in up my socks. When you step in water on the floor with your socks, it's mm. a particularly poignant moment. Um, does anybody else have a question? That will really, yes, um, Ria M. Hi, hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Um, I just like to ask about uh, you were speaking about cortisol and the effect on the brain and memory and brain fog. Is what it does is cortisol, it's like you know, when you walk into a sauna and it's cold, you walk from a cold room in the sauna, you open up the door and you got glasses on. Let's just say you got glasses on. That's your brain and that's how you see. So you open up the sauna in the gym, you walk in and you can see anything, your glasses get all fogged up. But everybody else can. And you feel like an income poop. And so you take your glasses off, but you can't see either because that's why you need glasses. So it's very disorienting, but eventually you either leave the room or you accommodate because that's what I did. When I got the affected eye, I couldn't see. So I just stopped wearing my glasses and eventually I just figured out a way of seeing. You can't stop. So that's what I was explaining to that lady with long COVID. It's long. So if this is what we're doing, you have to keep going forward because that's all that you have. But a sharp mind and strong body. In surgery, when you become a physician, I swear to you, this was a book and I've looked for it and I can't find it. There used to be a book by a surgeon called Good, Better, Best. When you start out, you can do nothing but you keep 
doing it. Keep doing it. But people, until you get better and then you get the best because you want to be the best for you. But this is true if you are a potter, if you do whatever it is because you want to be the best or you clean refrigerators because you want to make it shine. You have to believe that you can do this for your mind. Today, I met a guy. They came to do my tile. This kid came from the Afghanistan war. He looks at me and I said, I can't pick up those tiles. I'm fusing C2 down. He said, oh my God, I'm a medic. And I took care of a guy who got hit at C2 and his entire spine got fused and he's 22. I looked at him and I started to cry. And I said, did he lose his hands? He said, yes. I said, did he lose his feet? He said, yes. All those things happened to me. I went. And then I knew why he was supposed to do my tile. I, I, he, I said, are you still in contact with him? He said, yes. I said, look at me. You look at him and you say to him, there will be days that he doesn't think this. And you say, you met someone who's 62. He can and he will do this. You will be good, better, and best. There'll be moments when you scream, you'll feel awful. Sharp. You are dull, then you are better, and then you're best. And then you have a day like today where you're like, I don't get this. I'm all wrong. It will be better. Your question again? I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I was trying to answer it. Just in terms, sorry, just in terms of, let's say, trauma and, let's say, cortisol, adrenal fatigue, is it reliable, just the, you know, the saliva test? No, no, listen, 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 okay. Because I have terrible memory. It's shocking. And I'm okay, doing- okay, yeah. listen. Yeah. If you have terrible memory, the first thing you do is get a neuropsych assessment, neuropsychological assessment for a board-certified neuropsychologist for attention memory with an MMPI with a Beck's depression and anxiety scale, because they will let you know what component of anxiety and depression makes it worse. Because of course, anxiety makes it worse. Because when you can't remember something, you get upset and nervous. I can't remember it, I get nervous. And then you get depressed because you're despondent. It doesn't matter. Because you want to tease out the things that you can't do something about. Because depression increases your risk for dementia. So you're... What you want to say is, what you want to think is not, oh, they think my memory problem is depression. They think I'm nuts. Don't do that. It's ineffective thinking. What you want to do is you say, my brain is soup. I want to tease out the components, the ingredients, and deal with each one of them individually. If part of this is depression, I want to undepress myself. I want to add joy and remove depression. If some of this is anxiety, I want to teach myself skills of mastery. If some of this is past trauma that affects my hippocampus, the work of Van de Kolk and others suggests that doing a fearless excavation of the trauma is ineffective. I didn't say inappropriate. I didn't say wrong. I said ineffective. 
because talking about it over and over again releases more cortisol, which will, of course, make your hippocampus shrink more. Suffice it to say, talk about it once, talk about it twice, set it aside. It's better off to learn skills in the here and now that mirror that past event. Second of all, I don't know why my stomach is growling because it's 6.05, I have to end. The third thing is the DBT emotional regulation teaches you how to, when you see something in your current environment or intuitively key into somebody else who is going through something that is reminiscent of your past trauma. That's what will happen. Because of your tragedy and trauma, it attunes your brain intuitively to people who went through you. Some of the best intuitives are intuitive. I mean, some of the best intuitives are intuitive. See, I got a, a cup of coffee upstairs, decaf. It doesn't matter. I've convinced myself it's caffeinated, but it's decaf. 5% caffeinated, doesn't matter. My point is the best intuitives have trauma. Why? Because the amygdala is developed and the amygdala is very connected to the area for intuition and spirituality. See, I'm a plethora, a plethora of information. You two can get this with all these student loans. But suffice it to say, trauma makes an intuitive brain. But the problem is you can resonate or be keyed into someone who's had the same trauma. Resonate means that your brain vibrates at the same. So you have to learn skills. When you feel for them, you release cortisol for them. So you carry your cortisol and their cortisol. You, you, you have cortisol, two, two, two cortisols in one. You'll gain weight, have blood sugar issues. And so I don't measure cortisol levels. I don't need to. I can look at the eye. <laughs> Do I need to? I can just look at the eye and I go, okay, so we already noticed. And then the lady looks at me and goes, you have your lenses in? I said, yes, because I couldn't see and I thought that was stressful. And she said, but you still have a spot in your cornea. I said, I see. So do you think I need to measure my cortisol level? No, <laughs> we know that I have an autoimmune. So let me ask you a question. Do you have problems with weight? Yes. Yep. Do you have problems with depression? Yes. Do you have problem? Let me ask you a question. Do you have trouble experiencing joy? No, intermittently, I can I can be joyful. I know intermittently, but you don't. Yeah, experience I am no. Yes. Like okay. My point. Yes. My point is there are a variety of health problems. We have more time. Come back next week, and we'll do a reading for you. You have a variety of problems that are associated with immune system and stuff that you don't need to measure your saliva because all you have to do is look at the end result and you go up oh, the cows out of the barn do you know that the more tests you do the more likely you are to have a false positive so running panels of tests is ridiculous it doesn't make sense. And the more likely you are to look at someone and go, um, you don't run the cortisol. If you look at the person, if they're heavy, you go, okay, cortisol, she produces insulin. No matter how much little she eats, she gains weight. That's it. You got it? I don't need to measure your cortisol. 
Yes, but if the endocrinologist tells you your cortisol is normal, it doesn't matter. Okay, I know, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, okay, so you can go to a naturopath and they can tell you what you want to hear. My point yeah. is, is yeah. that I just told you why your insulin goes up and why no matter what, why your insulin, your insulin resistance, it's because it's in the tissue, not in your blood. There are compartments in your body. My sister, we used to share a room. Let me give you an example so you understand. Blood, saliva, and urine is one compartment that you're measuring cortisol. Hormones are either in the saliva, blood, or urine, or they're in the tissue. Same thing with estrogen, okay? And they go to the nucleus and they tell the cell what to do. So when I shared a room with my sister, my mother would say, clean the room. So I would put up the socks and I would roll them and put them in the drawer. And my sister would throw it all under the bed. Just listen. So my mother would do a blood, saliva, and urine level of socks. You understand? And she didn't see any on my sister's side of the room. So there was a sock level of zero. Did you get it? But she had a high level of socks. They just weren't in her blood, saliva, or urine. They were under the bed. They were in the tissue. You got it? The same thing with menopausal women, watch this, who are heavy, they go to a naturopath and they take blood, saliva, and urine levels of estrogen. They say they have no estrogen. That's like doing a sock level of my sister. <laughs> Where is the estrogen? They have an increased risk of breast cancer, uterine cancer, or strokes. The estrogen is hiding under the bed. It's in their body fat. It's tissue. So you don't bother doing a blood, saliva, and urine level. It's ridiculous. Because those people will then say to me, well, you know, I'm taking progesterone. I'm taking estrogen. Because they have no estrogen in my body. That's ridiculous. Then why do they have an increase? Why do they have breast lumps? And um, heavy periods. Or intermittent spotting but at least the, the densities in their breasts. And the answer is, is because they have high tissue levels. You don't need to know, you don't, internal medicine people treat tests. They treat numbers. Are you a number? No, you're a person whose body has a behavior. So the cortisol is in a blood test or is it in your tissue? You give people steroids who are diabetic, their blood sugar goes up and they gain weight, okay? So does that sound familiar? When a diabetic's stressed, the cortisol goes up, right? And their blood sugar gets out of whack. Do you think an endocrinologist says, let's measure your cortisol levels? No. They say you're stressed. Your blood sugar's out of whack. Did you get it now? And you have PTSD. And the work of Porgy says that you have problems with heart rate variability where your parasympathetic and sympathetic are always on full bore. So you're always going to be have this gas and brake on at the same time. That's DBT. You need to learn mind, that kind of mindfulness. It's not medication, meditation on the mat. It's something else. I hope I've been of some help. Sharp mind, strong. You have a, you have, you need, you're going to learn and you can and you will, a sharp mind, strong body, but you have a good heart.
<laughs> and a good soul. It's possible to use a good heart, heart and a strong soul to create a sharp mind and strong body. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. Be brilliant. Live fabulously. You have a great day. See you next week. Bye-bye now. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.